1: Good morning and thank you for standing by. Welcome to Resolute Forest Products first quarter earnings call. At this time, all participants are in a listening-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, Please press star zero. I would now like to hand the conference over to Marianne Limoges, Treasurer and Vice President, Investor Relations. Thank you. Please go ahead.
0: Good morning. Welcome to Resolute's first quarter earnings call. Today we'll hear from Rémi Lalonde, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Sylvain Girard, Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer. You can follow along with the slides for today's presentation by logging on to the webcast using the link in the presentation and webcast page under the investor relations section of our website, and you can download the slides. Today's presentation will include non-US GAAP financial information. Our press release and the appendix to the slides include a reconciliation of non-GAAP information to US GAAP financial measures. We will also make forward-looking statements forward-looking information is based on our current assumptions, beliefs, and expectations, all of which involve a number of business risks and uncertainties and can change as conditions do. Please review the cautionary statements in our press release and on slide 2 of today's presentation. I will turn the call over to Remy.
2: Good morning and thank you for joining us. Today, we reported $221 million of adjusted EBITDA for the first quarter compared to $129 million in the fourth quarter. This has been a very good quarter for our strong and growing wood products business as the lumber tailwind continues. The segment delivered $232 million of EBITDA, an increase of $93 million from the fourth For the other segments, we reported adjusted EBITDA of $10 million in market pulp, up by eight, $3 million for tissue, up by one, and minus $9 million for paper, down by eight. We strengthened the balance sheet and made our business more competitive with the timely refinancing and deleveraging of our senior notes and the refresh of our senior secured credit facility, as Sylvain will speak to in a few minutes. Looking further ahead, we expect to benefit from about $30 million of annual free cash flow improvement once the implementation guidance from the recent US pension relief measures take effect. We worked to generate concrete value for shareholders on the heels of our strong cash generation by repurchasing 8.7 million shares of common stock in the last 10 months, or 10% of the outstanding, including 1.7 million shares in the first quarter. Our average repurchase price for the 8.7 million shares is $5.33. Let's talk about our individual businesses, starting with Wood Products. Despite a weather-related setback in February, first quarter US housing starts were at 1.6 million on a seasonally-adjusted basis up by 2% from the previous quarter, reflecting strong fundamentals and accommodative interest rate environment. Lumber consumption for home improvement projects is expected to continue to grow this year after a 12% year-over-year increase in 2020. Benchmark lumber prices attained record highs in March and as a result, our average transaction price increased sharply in Q1 to $874 per thousand board feet, an increase of $266 per thousand board feet, or 44% compared to the previous quarter. Our shipments, however, were 50 million board feet lower because of a seasonal shortage in rail cars and trucks, which, which pushed finished goods inventory up by 46 million board feet to 143 million in line with last year at the same time we're making good progress with the ramp up at our el dorado and ignace sawmills both of which are running on two shifts as of this week the sawmills have an annualized capacity of 295 million board feet but the volume impact will be incremental in q2 while benchmark prices hit record levels during the quarter The momentum carried into Q2, giving us a strong order book at very attractive prices. World demand for chemical pulp through February declined by 4%, but producer inventories were within normal ranges and benchmark list prices rose sharply on the back of rapidly improving supply-demand dynamics. In the quarter, Our average transaction price rose by $51 per metric ton, or 9%, with gains in each virgin grade. Shipments slipped by 12,000 metric tons, mostly due to the planned annual outage at the Coosa Pines fluff mill, but finished goods inventory also dropped by 7,000 metric tons to a very low level of 46,000 metric tons. The pace of price recovery from the pandemic's impact picked up in the first quarter, and we expect that momentum to carry into the second quarter with further price improvements against what are still historically soft margins for high quality virgin pulp. While analysts expect higher per capita at home tissue consumption over pre-pandemic levels with more of the workforce working from home and a greater frequency of cleaning, we observed a drop in demand for at-home tissue products in March, as retailers now appear to be destocking inventories from what they built in the pandemic. The away-from-home space is still under pressure as, results, as a result of uneven recovery across the subsectors, such as commercial office buildings, restaurants, entertainment, hotels, and cruise ships. The average transaction price increased by $21 per short ton, or 1% in the quarter. But for the reasons I just mentioned, pricing and volume will be under more pressure in the second quarter. North American demand for newsprint fell by 25% in Q1 over 2020, indicating that demand has yet to recover from the impacts of the pandemic. We reduced our capacity accordingly, having recently confirmed the indefinite idling of our Bacomo and Amos newsprint mills, which had been temporarily idled since the spring of 2020. As difficult as these decisions may be, and they are, our four remaining newsprint mills, with less than 1 million tons of capacity, are very strong mills, with structural advantages such as internal power generation and favorable market access, which will allow us to compete for a bigger piece of the shrinking pie. Along the same lines, demand for uncoated mechanical papers fell by 14% in the quarter. Having said that, operating rates have been tightening for all of our paper grades, including newsprint. The average transaction price in the paper segment increased by $13 per metric ton during the first quarter, or 2%. Shipments slipped by 16,000 metric tons due to the seasonally higher demand in the fourth quarter, and inventory decreased by another 9%. With the improving order book, we expect paper to return to positive EBITDA in the second quarter. Now I'll
3: have Sylvain discuss our financial performance. Thank you, Remy. Uh, We reported net income of $119 million in the first quarter or or $1.45 per diluted share excluding special items. This compares to net income excluding special items of $45 million or $0.55 per diluted share in the previous quarter and a net loss excluding special items of $29 million or $0.33 per share in the same period last year. Special items in the first quarter included $37 million in losses related to lumber hedging contracts, including $14 million in unrealized losses, a foreign currency translation loss of $5 million for net monetary liabilities, and $3 million in closure-related charges for the indefinite idling of the Bicamo and Amos newsprint mills. Total sales in the quarter were $873 million, up by $104 million compared to the fourth quarter due to higher realized market prices in all segments, most importantly in wood products, with a $100 million increase this quarter. Manufacturing costs rose by $5 million in the quarter after removing the impact of volume and foreign exchange and includes a $12 million expense related to a process improvement program at our Kaloon operations. Compared to the fourth quarter, the all-in delivered costs for the wood product segment rose by $49 per thousand board feet, or 13%. Reflecting an increased variable compensation provision, higher fiber usage, and the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Credit received in the previous quarter. EBITDA in the segment improved by $93 million to $232 million. In the market pulp segment, Delivered costs increased by $22, or 4%, per metric ton, mainly due to higher weather-related energy and freight costs. <clears throat> EBITDA in the segment improved by $8 million to $10 million. The delivered cost in tissue decreased by $28 per short ton, or 1%, and EBITDA for the segment was $3 million. Papers delivered costs increased by $31 per metric ton, or 5%, due to increased weather-related energy and freight costs, as well as the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Credit received in the previous quarter. EBITDA for the segment came in at negative $9 million. Dollars. In the quarter, we closed on a private offering of $300 million unsecured senior note due 2026 with a four and 4.78% coupon issued at 100% of par value. We use the proceeds and cash on hand to redeem at par all of the $375 million aggregate principal amounts then outstanding of our five and seven, 8% senior notes due 2023, which resulted in a net debt reimbursement of $75 million. We generated $74 million of cash from operating activities in the quarter, which represents an increase of 123 million compared to Q1 last year. The cash from operating activities also includes an increase of $99 million in working capital, half of which reflects the seasonal buildup of logs ahead of the spring breakup, and the other half is related to growth in revenues across our segments, translating into more receivables. With a net debt at $449 million at quarter end, our net debt to last 12 months adjusted EBITDA fell to 0.9 times, excluding pension. We made $14 million in capital expenditures during the quarter. Despite the relatively low spending in the quarter, we plan to make about $100 million in net capital expenditures in 2021, including the level-setting investments around the U.S. sawmills we acquired last year. And in light of the encouraging fundamental indicators around building materials, In addition to the ramp-up of our Eldorado and Ignace sawmills, we're looking at other potential opportunities to drive more growth in our wood product business, including incremental organic growth. We made $32 million in softwood lumber duty deposits in the quarter, bringing our total deposits to $275 million, which is recorded in other assets on the balance sheet. At quarter end, we amended our existing $360 million facility on substantially similar terms as the previous amendment, while extending the maturity date from 2025 to 2027, and reducing the spread of our term loan facility by up to 10 basis points. At closing, we repaid the term loan with $155 million from drawings under the revolver facility and $25 million from cash on hand. This refinancing allows us to continue borrowing at very competitive rates while providing additional flexibility for more debt repayment in the future. Finally, we contributed $27 million to pension plans in the quarter and made OPEB payments of $3 million. During the quarter, we announced the indefinite idling of Bicamo and Amos Loose Print Mills. This event triggered a reduction of $30 million in pension liabilities with the offset recognized and accumulated other comprehensive income. The recently passed American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 includes provisions that allows for interest rate smoothing of pension funding deficits to minimize the impact of lower interest rates on liabilities and also extends the amortization period for funding shortfalls to 15 years rather than seven under previous rules. We expect this law to provide approximately $30 million in contribution relief per year for at least the next three years. Which is anticipated to be implemented in 2021 once guidance is issued by the authorities. We previously provided a guidance of $120 million in pension contribution for 2021. We anticipate the number to be slightly lower when the upcoming implementation of the U.S. pension relief measures take effect in 2021, but we expect to benefit from the full impact of the new law in 2022. Considering the significant increase in treasury rates and the positive gains of the equity markets in the quarter, if the year were to end on March 31st, we would expect the funding ratio on an accounting basis and on a funding basis to have tightened, which would imply lower contributions in the future, but we will conduct that assessment only at year end in accordance with applicable accounting and pension funding rules.
2: Thank you, Suvene. This has been an exceptional quarter for EBITDA generation, which underscores the strength and scale of our growing lumber business. As in any business, there will always be challenges, and in our case for now, that includes trade barriers like softwood lumber duties. But the long-term defining feature for Resolute comes down to fiber management infrastructure. We built deep roots in Quebec and Ontario to access high-quality SPF fiber, And we developed a sophisticated infrastructure to manage fiber flows from harvesting through transformation into a range of end products to maximize resource utilization and process efficiency. As for near-term financial performance, we're optimistic that lumber will provide for another very strong quarter based on the market conditions and our healthy order book. While tissue should be more challenging in Q2 as a result of end market inventory rebalancing, we're looking for better contribution from pulp and paper as margins normalize toward trend out of the heaviest impacts of the pandemic. (laughs) As there are a number of newer investors to the Resolute story, I want to underscore our recent announcement to set a 30% greenhouse gas emissions reduction target from 2015 levels by 2025. We were an early adopter of climate action as a cornerstone of our sustainability strategy. And I thought it was appropriate as one of my first actions as CEO to demonstrate our continued focus around this important issue. Today, 3 quarters of our total energy needs come from renewable sources, such as hydroelectricity and carbon neutral biomass. Our commitment to renewable energy is good for the environment, and it's good for the bottom line.
0: This concludes our formal presentation. Operator, we will now open the call for questions.
1: As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question. Press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q and A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Hamil Patel of CIBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
4: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, good morning. Good
2: morning. morning. Could
4: Could you speak to, you
2: know, what are the opportunities to
5: bottleneck, uh, the, the lumber platform, and, and what sort of volume uplift uh, do you think you could, you could see over time?
2: Yeah, so one of the areas of focus for us, uh, Hamir, has been in the U.S. sawmills. So we, uh, we talked about some of the level-setting investments that we announced when we acro- acquired the mills uh, early last year, uh, and that uh, is coming along pretty well. Uh, there are additional, uh, additional opportunities uh, that we think are pretty low-hanging fruit that we're going to pursue in, uh, in the coming quarters. And we think the returns on those projects are very, very attractive, even at trend uh, lumber prices. Uh, and we're talking just roughly, I'd say, probably 100 million board feet or so in, uh, in the U.S. assets. Uh, but there's also some opportunities that we're considering uh, in Canada uh, in Quebec, in particular, there's a couple things that we're looking at for more uh, incremental volume.
3: And then, Remy, any thoughts you could share on maybe what the M&A environment is for sawmills? And I know we saw kind of a larger platform in eastern
2: Canada trade recently. Um, you know, when you look at potential opportunity sets, are there specific geographies that you're you're focused on? Well, I think what we'd be focused on primarily, Hamir, would be uh, synergies, uh, synergy opportunities. Uh, anything that would make sense within our network would be interesting, but you're correct. I think uh, prices are, are fairly elevated. We're aware of a couple of opportunities, but uh, we think about opportunities that make sense for us from a synergy perspective, a return perspective, and also make sure that we're paying a, a reasonable price uh, considering uh, trend levels. Great. Thanks, for Ramin. I mean, Still, last question for me. Um, you know, it seems like there was uh, some lumber futures activity. I don't recall you guys being active there in the past. Is that maybe a shift in how you plan to kind of run that business on a go-forward basis?
3: I'll ask Silve maybe to yeah. weigh in on this. Yeah, so, I Amir, mean, it's a good question. It's not a shift. I think this has been going on uh, at different times over the past years. I mean, it was basically a program that, when lumber prices were uh, reaching higher levels, uh, we would get uh, some futures. I mean, just to put it in perspective, we have about 1,000 contracts outstanding at the end of March, and that's coming down, actually, uh, at the moment. So as prices were rise, we would enter into those contracts to basically prolong uh, some of the benefit of high prices. Now, the loss, obviously, comes from the fact that the price kept going in higher and higher, and even continued after the end of March uh, to get a bit higher. So it's not a new thing. But uh, like I said, we, uh, given given that the order book is actually quite healthy, uh, the benefit of those at this point is has diminished. So so we're not uh, so we're basically de- decreasing our position at this moment uh, on that.
5: Great. Uh, thanks, Ivan. That's, uh, that's all I have.
2: Thanks,
1: Amir. Your next question comes from Sean Stewart of TD Security. Please go ahead, your line is open.
6: Thanks, good morning. A uh, couple of questions. Good morning, Sean. Uh, Good morning. Um, Remy, you, you referenced your, your strong lumber order book uh, into the second quarter. And, and I'm wondering if you can just provide some context around that, uh, order file length now versus three months ago, um, particular areas of strength in, in what you're seeing and, and, and any evidence of, of inventory building at all at, at any point in the supply chain from your perspective right now?
2: Yeah, no, great great, uh, great question, Sean. Um, you know, look, the, the order book, uh, put it to you this way, is as strong as it's ever been. Uh, at this point, it's about six to eight weeks out, so we're selling volume that, uh, that we haven't saw it yet. Uh, it's larger than the finished goods inventory that, uh, that we have. Uh, the order book has been strong for the last several months, uh, but it continues uh, to, to build. So this is, um, this is a good thing for us. Uh, We expect uh, a price uptick in Q2, an average price uptick in Q2 versus Q1 based on that order book, Uh, and barring any unforeseen challenges, uh, you know, we should be able to at least make up the volume that we put in inventory as a result of the logistics issues that we talked about in, in Q1 and pick that back up. In uh, in Q2, so from a lumber perspective, things are pretty encouraging. Uh, do we see signs of, of inventory building? I mean, I, I, I don't. Uh, futures are are healthy and, and rising. As Sylvain was just talking, we've been a bit uh, victims of our success on price on the on the hedging side. Uh, but as far as we can see now, it's it's fairly uh, it's pretty encouraging what we see at least in the next uh, at least in the next quarter.
6: Thanks for that detail. Um, second question is the, the, the $12 million of costs at Calhoun. Can you go into a bit more detail on the process improvements you're undertaking there? And should we think of that as a recurring spend over the next few quarters, or was this a, a one and done event? Yeah,
2: no, it's, it's not a recurring spend at, at that level, Sean. I mean, Calhoun has not been uh, one of our best performing sites Uh, in the last few years. And in light of the difficult market conditions that we saw for its end products in 2018, 2019, and 2020, we wanted to try uh, something different. So we worked with an outside firm to develop essentially uh, an improvement plan, a turnaround plan, and that plan includes uh, very specific milestones. And uh, some contingent payments. So uh, we recognized some contingent payments in uh, in the first quarter. That process is going to continue, but I expect that any uh, expense that we recognize in the next few quarters will be uh, will be uh, much smaller than what we took
6: in the first. Okay, um, that's all I have for now. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sean.
1: Your next question comes from Paul Queen of RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
5: Yeah, thanks very much. morning, guys. morning, Paul. Hey, just on wood products, it looks like uh, shipments were a little bit less than we expected. Maybe you could just uh, detail the rail car truck availability issues you had in Q1 and whether that's cleared up uh, uh, right now
2: yeah no that's exactly it paul so we saw about 50 million dollars that we put inventory in in inventory as a result of slowdowns and you know there was a cold snap some snow in arkansas and texas uh, and that reverberated through the system in february and a couple weeks thereafter but uh, since then it has largely cleared up so as i mentioned you know we think we will pick that volume back up in q2 and it's, it's kind of a happy circumstance that average transaction prices are higher in Q2 than they are, uh, they were in, uh, in Q1. So we're, we're pretty optimistic. I think one of the challenges that we see, though, is around the Port of Montreal strike. Um, so we don't think that'll be a material impact on us, but uh, any uh, hindrance to the logistics system could have uh, some impacts. We're not seeing, as I say, a material impact on us at this point, but we're watching it carefully.
5: Okay, and then noticing that you've got El Dorado and Ignace up on two shifts now, and seasonally Q2 production is higher than than Q1. What what kind of volume lift do you expect quarter
1: over quarter? So
2: we're we're looking for about 160 million board feet incremental to 2020 in 2021. Uh, sales in the first quarter were were very very low because the sawmills were just getting back uh, back getting back up on their feet. So we had to build some inventory. We'll get a couple tens of thousands of board feet out in the second quarter, but for the year, I'd be looking for about 160 million board feet out of those two mills.
5: Okay, that's great. And then just. Um uh, Talked a little bit about M&A, but uh, in the past you guys have uh, studied Greenfield. Is that off the table now, or are you still uh, still dusting off those plans?
2: In terms of uh, lumber, in particular, Paul.
5: Yes, in terms of sawmills.
2: Yeah, nothing uh, nothing on the drawing boards.
5: Okay, uh, and just last quick. Well, I guess a couple. Um, Since we've seen a flurry of pulp price increases, uh, how how material do you think this this uh, the price rise between q1 and q2 will be ie i mean we've seen the price increase just wondering how your realizations are going uh, quarter to date in market uh,
2: yeah so so um so we did plus 51 in the first quarter and maybe for the benefit of everybody there's there's two factors to keep in mind versus uh what's announced what are announced are list price increases. So there's always going to be a lag of probably a month or two before we can turn that into realized prices. And list prices are not transaction prices. There's a discount factor that, uh, that applies. So uh, the numbers were pretty significant. We took a plus 51 uh, in the first quarter. My expectation is that realize, realizations will be strong. Uh, The supply-demand dynamics for pulp have tightened significantly in the last couple months. Uh, Shanghai futures are are encouraging, and what we see is our own order book, uh, and I'm encouraged by that. So I think Q2, we're talking about a plus. uh, You know, we're going to see a stronger gain in Q2 than we saw in Q1. Okay, and uh,
5: just lastly with the uh – I guess the indefinite idling of Baycomen and Almas, what what are the plans for those mills, and what are the ongoing costs? Well, so the
2: the largest piece of the cost that we were sustaining there, Paul, was uh, heating costs in uh, in winter, which was about $2 million a month. Uh, You may recall that we had committed to heat the mills over the course of this last winter to preserve our options, Uh, and what we said was that we would see Uh, how demand developed. Uh, As I mentioned, Newsprint demand in Q1 was down 25% versus last year, Uh, and so we took the difficult decision that it was time to say that the mills were indefinitely idle, pay employees their their severance, and then turn to something else. So we're working with uh, local committees to think about options for uh, repurposing or other alternatives uh, for the mill. Uh, but as you know, when it comes to TMP newsprint mills, the inventory of potential options isn't, uh, isn't very, very long. So we're, uh, we're having discussions with local committees, uh, but nothing uh, on the immediate horizon.
5: Great. That's all I had. That's luck, guys.
2: Thanks, Paul.
1: Your next question comes from Timothy Stables, private investor. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
2: Good morning, everyone. Morning, Tammy. Um, uh, most of my questions were answered. Could you talk more specifically about capital allocation? I was pleased to see the company buy back 1.7 million shares in the quarter, $17 million, meaning your average cost was $10. So that means you bought some shares for more than $10. Uh, lumber prices are obviously up even further. Um, does this speak broadly about capital allocation if you can does this company it could be arguably debt-free by the end of the year depending on lumber prices you obviously don't want to go to zero debt you could use a lot of money to buy back stock you did a special dividend a few years ago of a dollar fifty a share when lumber you know you you see what I'm getting at. can you discuss um, capital allocation beyond M&A yeah no fair enough Tim and thanks uh, thanks for your question so I mean on the on the, the near term, you know, the focus is really around uh, building cash uh, and use the opportunity that we have with these high lumber prices to continue to deleverage the company. Uh, you know, if we could bring ourselves down to $300 million uh, being the senior notes, I, I think that would be a pretty good, uh, pretty good level. Uh, And we also want to make lasting changes to the competitiveness of the strongest parts of our business. So in no particular order of priority, the things that we're looking at are uh, firstly to normalize CapEx back to uh, what should be about $100 million this year. Our spending in Q1 was low, so that's going to pick up over the course of the year. Uh, the second thing would be internal growth opportunities. Uh, I mentioned some low-hanging fruit in, uh, in U.S. sawmills and uh, some Canadian sawmills. Um, on debt reduction, we've actually reduced uh, $100 million of our debt this year. So they talked about the $75 million of senior notes refinancing, net, uh, net reduction there. And then when we did the, uh, the retread of the farm loan, uh, we used cash on hand to bring the revolver balance to 155. Uh, and then you know, we're going to be opportunistic about, about share buybacks and other opportunities to return cash to shareholders. And in the case of acquisitions, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we would look at acquisitions, and, you know, we like pulp, we like lumber, but only at the right price if it makes sense for us.
1: Okay. There are no further questions at this time. I'll turn the call back over to Marianne Limouch for closing remarks. Yes,
0: yeah, so thank you for joining us our call today. Have a great
2: day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.
1: Thank Bye-bye. You. And this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating.